0: This is Dr. Joe Armstrong. Just a quick update for everyone. We're going to be way out of order now with our episodes last week if you tuned in. I said we'd be talking about beef grazing this week, and we're just not going to talk about beef grazing this week. We have another topic that we've had recorded for a while, and it's too relevant and too important to what we're doing now with having to shelter in place. So this week, we're going to talk about mental health and mental well-being. Fortunately, Emily is an expert on on the topic as the director of the Rural Stress Task Force. So thank you for listening. I hope everyone's doing okay out there from everyone here at the Moose Room. Stay safe and hang in there. We're all in this together. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone. You're listening to the Moose Room, hosted by the University of Minnesota Extension. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Joe Armstrong, and my co-hosts are Emily Wilmus and Brad Hines. This is episode five, and we'll be focusing on mental health uh, with Emily Wilmus, who is the director of the Rural Stress Task Force. So this episode is gonna be carried by Emily, just like all the grazing episodes were carried by Brad. So uh, it's her turn to, to hoard the mic and we'll go straight to her and ask her, what is the task force?
1: Yeah, so just briefly, the Rural Stress Task Force is a group of extension staff and faculty and we have been tasked with providing streamlined access to educational programs and resources related to stress and mental health issues in rural Minnesota. And a lot of my personal passion on this topic and interest is really on the farm side, of course. And we know that we have seen a lot of, uh, you know, questions and concerns come up about stress management, mental well-being in farming and people as a whole that work in agriculture.
0: Who's on the stress task force? Who, who so, works and what, what, so what do they do? So, we
1: 14 extension staff and faculty, and they come from all of our different centers. So, egg, food, and natural resources, community vitality, youth development, and family development. So, we're really looking again at rural stress as a whole in the state. So, what's going on on the farming side, but also what's going on in some of our other communities in the state uh, where we have different industries like forestry and mining, also things like the opioid crisis access to care. So in some of our rural communities, there is not readily available behavioral health or just regular medical care even too. So we're really looking at a big slew of issues. And and the big goal of the task force in the end is to just improve well-being of the people that live in these rural communities in the state.
0: I think I've always been confused by the term a little bit, like what, what is mental health? Like what it, what are you talking about when you're talking about mental health and how does, is is that, does that mean depression? Does that mean anything like Mm -hmm. that? What, what are we talking about?
1: Yeah. So the easiest way to kind of sum up mental health would be, uh, you know, mental health is our ability to process information. So it's kind of, we take in these different things throughout the day, Uh, you know, and and different events that happen, emotions that we might feel, things that occur to us. And so it's our ability to really process and then react to what is happening there. And our mental health kind of interacts with two other forms of health to form what I call our three-legged stool of well-being. So our physical health, and I think that's pretty self-explanatory, and then also our emotional health. And so our emotional health is really how we Express our feelings based on the information that we're processing. So mental and emotional really work together as a tag team uh, for how we take in and then react to what is occurring to us. And you know, you asked Joe, is is mental health? Does that mean uh, anxiety, depression, those other things? So a lot of people hear mental health and they think about mental illness. So mental health and mental illness are not. The same. Um, it is possible in some situations for poor mental health to lead to mental illness. But there are people that can be mentally ill and be in great mental health. So that means they have their symptoms of their illness in check. They're doing well, they are flourishing, we would say. Uh, but then also, there are a lot of people, and I think that's what we see what's happening right now, that don't have mental illness. Uh, but are in poor mental health, so under a lot of stress, um, a lot of distress for a prolonged period of time, so they'd be languishing. So mental illness would, yes, really be those diagnosable conditions uh, such as depression, anxiety, some of our more severe illnesses like schizophrenia, even um, substance use disorder, what some people may call addiction, Uh, those would be mental illnesses, but again, too, you can feel depressed or feel anxious, but not have depression or anxiety. Um, and so it, it is a little bit fluid, but there is a clear difference, um, between mental health and mental illness, but the two do interact.
0: So, so mental health, you're talking about stress being a huge factor. And of course we have, there's bad days, right? Everyone has a bad day every once in a while. (laughs) But when those start to string together, that's what you're worried about. But what are you looking for when you're you're trying to identify stress?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of different signs of stress just in general. Um, And people may mention especially physical symptoms. So that's how we know like our physical and mental health talk to one another uh, because people might say, you know, they have a lot of headaches or they have trouble sleeping or they don't eat or they overeat, things like that, or... You know, on the emotional side, feeling sad, feeling angry, feeling like, you know, you have a loss of your sense of humor even. And then there's more behavioral things like being irritable, acting out, uh, kind of a funny one, but being passive aggressive, right? We live in Minnesota, so it's like, ee, is that just a normal day? Um, right, right. But, you know, <laughs> right. and, and also on the behavioral side, increased habits like drinking or using drugs or tobacco, whatever it may be, uh, which, you know, those can develop into other issues down the line. Big one, uh, that I actually notice in myself. And that really ties to the mental piece is our cognitive abilities. So when we're under a lot of stress, especially, um, we can have memory loss, a lack of concentration. I know a big one for me, I have a lot of trouble making difficult or making simple decisions, Like, uh, even what am I going to eat for dinner? If I'm under a lot of stress, that just seems like the hardest thing to figure out. So some, those are kind of some of the base signs of stress and we can experience some of those, all of those, they look different in everybody. But Joe, you really asked about prolonged signs of stress. And so that would be like, if it's somebody that you see a lot, or even if you're thinking about yourself, Some of those signs that I just talked about, you notice somebody, those signs have not improved. So they're still complaining about headaches or they're still more irritable than usual or they've multiplied. So now you're noticing multiple of those signs are present. Um, Other signs that we want people to watch out for, look for it in yourself, change in routine. So, you know, people, you know, you have that family that always sits in front of you in church every Sunday and then suddenly they don't come. Or maybe you have a group of friends that you do Wednesday morning coffee at the local cafe and somebody stops showing up. So some of those routines that change. Um, also, the appearance of people. So somebody who's maybe well-groomed or if it's, um, you know, a gentleman who usually is clean-shaven and now they have kind of a scruffy beard coming in. Anything like that. Um, Bradley. In, yeah, Bradley. He's got some <laughs> scruff going on right now. Um <laughs> also oh, if if you're on a farm and you notice that maybe the appearance of the farm isn't as nice uh, not necessarily a show place but things are maybe usually well put away and organized and you're starting to notice it's a little bit messier um, you know people's family members are showing more signs of stress there's all sorts of things uh, really that that can identify prolonged so, stress well, here, here's
0: my question so if you if you see some of these signs of prolonged stress what What can you do what 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 do you do about that you know Mm -hmm. do you know do you confront them do you tell somebody else i don't i don't know
1: that is such a great question brad and i think especially um this is a sweeping generalization but in the midwest so minnesota the midwest etc we are much more prone to be like oh they're okay i don't want to bother them I don't want to hurt their feelings. Like, what if nothing's wrong? And now I've made them mad. And to that, I just say you have to throw all that garbage out the window. Um, If you are worried about somebody, say something. And it can go one of a few ways. It could be something is wrong and they really needed your help. And that acknowledgement is what can break the barrier for them to getting the help they need they may go i'm fine and mean it and truly there is nothing wrong and then hopefully they would be gracious enough to see that you were just trying to help and life goes on uh they may get upset because nothing's wrong and you've hurt their feelings they may get upset uh but then realize down the road that something is wrong and you saying something could have been the pushing force to them finding some help so That's hard because, like I said, we never want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't like people to be mad at us. And this is a kind of strong example, but this was actually something a farmer told me. I was having a discussion with her about these topics, and it can be hard to say something. And she goes, well, you know, Emily, it's better to lose a friendship than a friend.
0: Yeah, and that makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're ever in doubt, you should say something. I mean, it's it's better to, to have addressed it and know that you provided that help that they, they may mm-hmm. have needed yeah, or, or even just to, to listen or, or figure mm-hmm. out how to get them help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I run into and that people tell me is just that they feel like nobody understands. And I think of, you know, and a reason this is so important to me, I've had my own battles with my mental health and potential me- mental illness. And you, even though you know other people are experiencing it, you still feel like nobody's going to understand. And so when somebody reaches out to you and just says like, hey, I've really been worried about you, um, you know, that can really make a lot of difference. And if you aren't sure what to say, I would would say I use kind of a formula of two different things. You're going to make a statement and then you're going to ask them a question. And the statement can be something as simple as, I've been worried about you or I really care about you or it seems like you're going through a difficult time, you know, you can kind of gauge what you think the person would best react to. And then you ask a question uh, that's pretty non-confrontational and really leaves them in the driver's seat as to how they're going to react. So uh, saying something like, can we talk about what you're experiencing? Or who are you comfortable talking to? How can I help you find help? What do you want me to know about what you've been feeling? So some of those questions, what you don't want to do, is something like you're not depressed are you right because that's really accusatory yeah, yeah. and you're putting this really negative spin on it yeah. or um you know saying something like oh what so you're crazy now or you're insane now
0: yeah not a good um, choice
1: yeah because that's really negative and that can make people feel really embarrassed and you shouldn't be embarrassed about your mental health and about how you're feeling and it's okay to not be okay um, you know, that's a main thing I say. So yeah, if, if you do want to talk to somebody, you know, back to your question, Brad, yes, I'd say start with just a statement to express where kind of you lie in all of this with them of that. I'm coming to you as a friend, as somebody who's concerned, as somebody who's worried about you, as somebody who wants the best for you. And then again, asking a question that really lets them guide where the conversation goes from that. And some people are going to come onto that and maybe vent to you a while. Some people are going to say, I'm fine. Uh, but just know that you saying that, even if they say they're fine and walk away, that's going to stick with them and they're going to remember that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What What can, so let's say I know that I'm feeling stressed and I'm recognizing those signs in myself. What, what are some strategies that, that people can use to, to relieve stress in themselves. And I know it's going to be different for every person, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely, you know, you talked about physical being part of it. There's gotta be some things that are pretty general that apply to most people that they can do Mm -hmm. to relieve their own stress.
1: Yeah. So like you said, you know, our physical health really, really ties into this. And so, you know, the number one thing I say, like, look at your physical health. So Um, I am somebody, I'm a runner. I like to go to the gym. I am able to do that several days a week. Um, I know that if you're on the farm, you're busy, you might not be able to do that, but I still say, take the time for yourself. So if you can go to a gym or even just going for like a 10 to 20 minute walk, um, a few days a week, that can make all the difference. Also, this is a big one. I know it's really hard. I struggle with it too. Getting enough sleep. When yeah, we are not yeah. well rested, again, like some of those, uh, you know, what's happening in our brain, our cognitive abilities can really slip. And that's what's tied to our mental health is, you know, our ability to, to cope with these things and react to them. And so sleep is a big one. Eating well is a big one. And that's hard because, you know, for some people when they're under stress, they can cope in a negative way by, you know, indulging in a lot of rich foods or, you know, we crave comfort foods when we're releasing cortisol. Uh, but making sure you're getting a good diet. Uh, but oh, aside from the the physical things, there are other things you can do. And I would say it's not just one thing like, oh, I'm just going to make sure I get enough sleep and that will help. Uh, you know, you need to kind of put together your toolbox of what are the best tools for you. And so that can be things like deep breathing, which can sound a little silly, but it's something that when I can feel myself getting really overwhelmed, I just kind of push back in my chair and just focus on breathing. And there's a ton of different ones you can do. I do box breathing, so you just think of fours. You're gonna breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, and then just rest for four seconds. And just do that a few times, and that can take you a minute. Um, And then that just helps refocus your mind, focus just on your breathing, just on air going in and out of your lungs. So that's one thing meditation. It's not for everybody, but, uh, you can try that. Or if you're just more into reflection. So just taking two minutes to think about your day, um, and practicing some gratitude even. So spend two minutes to think about, you know, what were three things today that you're really grateful for? And that's a a really easy one to do. You can write it down. Uh, journaling can be helpful. So I, I keep a journal. It's a health journal. So I write down, how my body felt throughout the day, mentally how I felt throughout the day, like what were some big things that happened that maybe impacted those feelings, whether they were good or bad. And then the opportunity to kind of look back on that a week later, you know, if you had a really busy week at work or you had a really good week, you thought, you know, what were the things there that were really good? Also just being social. So that third leg of our stool is emotional health and people tie social health into that too. So emotionally, it's healthy for us to interact with others. So talking with people, you know, calling a friend, uh, you know, using social media in a positive way, uh, those in types of things, way. yes, to keep yourself connected.
0: Podcasts.
1: Yes, podcasts. Um, and then lastly, a, a big one that I'm a big proponent of is is talking to somebody, specifically a professional. So I, I do go to a therapist once every two to four weeks, if I can, uh, just depends on their availability. But I would say that that has been a huge help. And I know a lot of people do it and you don't need to tell people you're doing it. If you don't want to, I talk about it because I think it helps others. Um, and it helps me to say that, yes, this is something I'm doing. So there, ah, there's just so many different things that you can do. But like I said, really think about what are the tools that you can gather for your toolbox. So it's not one thing that's going to help you be in perfect, health or you know perfect well-being it's it's multiple things that come together to support our wellness
0: right and i think the the toolbox analogy is really really good because you don't have time for some of these things that you know help a lot like like you said running like you always you don't always have a time to run you can't go i mean between work between life in general between the weather you can't always go for a 10 mile run and for me it's hunting and fishing love to hunt and fish I don't have time to do that all the time. I have to find other ways to do that. So for me, it, it's finding a hobby. It's finding anything else. The social thing is huge. And, I, and if you haven't talked to a professional in the past, and there's something different about talking to someone that you, you, you don't interact with in, a daily, in your daily life. It's, not, it's different than talking to a friend in some way. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a viable option and it can help a lot of people. Um, and I don't, again, it all comes back to not being ashamed about it and being willing to talk about it because that it does help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think people are concerned that if they go to therapy, they go, well, I don't want to lay on a couch and tell somebody about my feelings. And I said, well, I, for me, that's not what therapy is. Um, yes, there is a couch. Although I usually sit in the big comfy chair so I can curl my legs up and, um, We start every appointment the same way. My therapist just sits down and looks at me and goes, so what's been going on, Emily? And then we just talk about what's been going on since the last time I was in. So work things and life things and friend things and family things. And then, yeah, you get to how you're feeling and what your emotions are, but it's really just talking about what's happening to you, and yeah. and then they kind of help you figure out what that means and why that, you know, why did you react that way? Why did this happen? So it's, yes, you don't just lay on a couch and, and go, I feel sad or I feel happy today. Uh, you know, you just talk about what's going on, and you're right, Joe. It can be nice to have somebody who doesn't know everything about your life or about what you do. Um, you know, they are really, truly getting just this outsider's perspective of your life um, and are may- can maybe see things that your friends or family or other people you get advice from don't see.
0: Right. Right. And I, I think the big thing to keep in mind, the takeaway from this whole conversation is that watch the people around you. We're all in this together, especially as we've had some, some pretty rough years on the agricultural side watch for these things, watch for them in yourself, make sure you're, you're looking for these kind of things and identifying ways that you can reach out to people, uh, and, and help your, your mental health and everyone else is around you. So keep that in mind. I know Brad and I and Emily are all on farms all the time. We have an opportunity to interact with farmers and, and this is a real, real situation where we're, where farmers are struggling. So, um, just keep an eye out And make sure you're 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 looking looking for those signs, and making sure you're reaching out to those people that might need some help. Anything else? We got anything else? Where can we go to find more information, Emily? That's maybe the biggest thing. What what what, what do people do?
1: We are so fortunate in Minnesota that we have a lot of great resources put together. Emily's opinion: It's not enough. But when we look at other states, we really are so lucky to have what we do. Um, And so you can find all of those things online. So we have a website uh, that the Rural Stress Task Force has put together through extension. So you can find that by going to z.umn.edu slash stress. So the letter Z, like zebra, .umn.edu slash rule stress. And on there, you'll find um, a lot of our extension resources that we have. Uh, You know, we offer some different programs, uh, including free financial counseling for farmers, things like that. Uh, You can also find some resources from some of the other groups that we work with in the state, like the Department of Agriculture. They have the Farm and Rural Helpline. So you can find that number. It's, you know, available 24-7, confidential. Uh, If you need to call and and talk to somebody or you're concerned about somebody in your life, that's a great resource uh, on there. And you can find a ton of other resources from the Department of Agriculture and Extension, too.
0: Good deal. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap up Episode 5. And we hope you learned a lot about how to impact your own mental health and to watch others around you and recognize stress. And we gave you some tools, hopefully, to deal with all of that. And then again, like Emily said, you can go online and find more information. If you need to reference anything else, you can always try to get there through our Extension website, extension.umn.edu. If you have questions for us, comments about this episode, the show in general, or ideas about what you'd like to hear, send them to the Moos Room at umn.edu. That's T H E M O O S R O O M at umn.edu. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.